Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, bots and cons to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. We're back. We didn't disappear. We're, uh, well, at least half of the show, or I guess whether you count our our furry co-host, a quarter of the show, uh, is a world traveler. So uh, welcome back, Scott. Thanks. They, they, they were not world traveling with me, unfortunately. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine that... Uh, a long flight like that would would not be fun for them. We saw several other brethren in Paris, however. Oh well, that, that's good at least. <laughs> yep. Um. So I'm guessing while you were in Paris, that Transformers probably weren't on your mind too much, or were they? No, I, mean, I tried to keep up with the stuff as much as possible. Yeah, you definitely did update the site. So anybody who isn't aware, which you probably are by now, you can check out VectorSigma.info in order to get all the latest and greatest on the Wave 3 spoilers. Because Scott was diligently updating that despite being on vacation. <laughs> yeah, I was able to keep up with all that. So, uh, and speaking of spoilers, we're going to get into those momentarily because, well, we now have a backlog. Um <laughs> Although we were talking about this offline, Scott, it it's weird for me to think about because the correct me if I'm wrong, it, it's what June twenty eighth is the the release date. Yeah. So I I thought it was that, but then I was second guessing myself. It so there's still a decent amount of time between today, as of this recording, on the 9th of May, and when this the set is physically going to be in anybody's hands, and still we're. I feel like we're getting a lot more spoilers than normal. I don't know. Do you feel that way? Um, they seem to be coming in larger waves than, than before. I think um, I think what's unique about this game, I don't know what they do for Magic, um, but I do know, obviously, for other games I've worked with in the past, um, where, I mean, like when I worked on the World of Warcraft TCG, obviously all the spoilers were done through their the main website. Right. Um, this... The Transformers TCG, because of its cross, I don't, I guess, appeal, I don't, I don't, like, it has appeal to other people outside of even the trading card game community, even though it remains a trading card game. Right. So, I, I think um, there's just a tendency to, hey, this company gave us a spoiler, I'm just going to immediately put it out there. <laughs> like, Yeah, so, there's, there's definitely... <laughs> uh, the gap of time between receive spoiler and post spoiler, yeah, it definitely seems like it. It's almost negative. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you that we are waiting <laughs> a decent amount of time before we put out additional spoilers that we have access to. Um, right. I wouldn't say on purpose, just to, but just to. There's no rush. Like there really isn't. Um, well, that's exactly what um, I'm getting at. So. Is like there's. It almost feels like we're gonna know the whole set pretty far in advance i mean obviously wizards i'm sure has thought of that and maybe it'll slow down for a while or we'll get some gaps but we have a, a feel like a lot of cards i don't know maybe i didn't actually go through and count how many we have compared to how many are in the set but it just it feels like a lot yeah the, I, I think the one thing we haven't gotten um that we had with rise of the combiners was it seemed like rise of the combiners had like a couple like obviously because you had combiner teams you were getting like literally the equivalent of like seven spoilers in an article sometimes yeah we get batches yeah so we're not really getting that as much um although we did a little bit this week um today i general, guess like, specifically <laughs> um more like yesterday well yeah yeah whatever. um but other like you know 
I'm surprised we haven't had like an article like on secret missions and here's five secret missions or here's you know when like it wasn't like here's battle masters and here's five battle masters in an article like it's yeah. just basically like one at a time and I think I think it's more like I think that's good um but I do think that the set itself a lot of cards lack context without other cards that so, I can definitely agree on because and we'll get to it later on um towards the end specifically but uh yeah it's tough to judge some of these things because well you said it, you hit the nail on the head without more context it, it it isn't literally meaningless but it kind of feels that way <laughs> um it could yeah, be I mean, anything. The only other thing it could even be a boat that, yeah <laughs> the, the, i guess the only other thing is I, I guess what our first topic will be is i, I know they're spending a lot of time gearing up for the summer convention series so yep. like the the home team won't necessarily be available as much so if they mm. were to like wait it would probably just run into other deadlines and things like that like you know and and even yeah because i remember i even remember before rise of the commanders came out we already had some not all like constructicon spoilers for example so it's possible that like you know i mean they just had a i mean it it didn't affect us very much, like the the, the new two player set and all that. Um, the new starter set came out and all that. So like, yeah, they've had. I think they they're doing things either behind the scenes or out there that doesn't affect us as much. I guess you would say. Um, so like, their schedule is probably busy, and this is just the way it's been fitting in. So oh yeah, and that's kind of what I'd expect. Like you said, there are timetables that need to be adhered to, and they got to squeeze yeah. it in. Um, yeah, it's just because of the combination of slightly smaller set, the fact that they've been pretty diligent about releasing things. It could also be to your point about not getting large swaths of spoilers at any given point in time. It's probably for the purpose of making sure that they are keeping that consistency over the between now and when the set actually releases somebody definitely sat down there with a calendar and said okay we're we're marking all these out to make sure that we're we're not leaving you know making it weird by having either a big gap or you know overloading things at any given point in time yeah especially since the majority of them are coming straight from them as it is exactly yeah um so you had alluded to it but our first thing up there is actually was kind of set up by this tweet that came earlier in the week and that was and it obviously was showed up on all the other social media pages but uh transformer ccg is working on some special events to be held at origins game fair and gen con 2019 more information coming soon so hopefully very soon uh because i'm definitely excited about the fact that we're going to get anything at these big conventions like these are the places to do it plus it's a very good opportunity like you were saying, Scott, that things that would, I guess, affect us, for lack of a better way to describe it, that it would be in our wheelhouse. Like, this is a chance to potentially do a larger event. Yeah. Um, I don't know any details. Um, I know that um, it's, there's, I just know there's negotiations and they're working on a, a large PR push to put out the information. Right. Um and I, I know. Hopefully, we'll hear something the week that you're hearing this podcast go live, um, and that we're working on getting guests on to 
maybe not necessarily give us more information because I don't think that whatever gets released will be some kind of incomplete information, um, but just um, specific details because I think it may be more it may be more far reaching than just like uh, pinpoint events if that makes any sense. So there may be more information to come from that end. And I um, the only thing I the only thing I know is that like Wizards typically employs. Um, third-party vendors to run events at conventions, and I'm, I'm pretty positive that's what's going to be going on in this situation as well. Um, but they're going to be probably... If, if they're the ones tweeting it, that's, that to me says, like, it's not... It's not your typical third-party, like, we're just going to hold the event for you and do our own thing, like... Yeah, they want to make it into a yeah. thing because they're, yeah. they're drawing attention to it on the official channel. Yeah, and I would say that it's probably going to lean closer, and I don't know this for a fact, I, like, this is not about prizes or anything like that, or about formats or anything like that, but I would say, if you remember, when PAX Unplugged was announced, the, the company was behind what was go going on in the prizes and things like that. Right. Um, and then other events were, they were kind of hands-off and just letting the third-party um, pastimes deal with it. Um, I think this is going to be not for any reason, but I think this seems like it's skewing more to the first one where like they're putting themselves behind it at the same time, not because they're the ones that are going to be running it, but because I don't know why they could be special prizes. It could be whatever. It could be the kickoff of something bigger. I don't know, but right. it's for a reason. I just don't know the specifics. Yeah. It's definitely something that obviously we're going to be playing, playing, paying close attention to because well, hopefully we'll hear soon and Whatever it is, I'm sure, as Scott was alluding to, it's going to be a big deal because why else would they be officially drawing attention to it? And plus, it it, it logically makes sense to do it at an Origins, a Gen Con, as opposed to, say, PAX East. PAX Unplugged was an anomaly because it is a dedicated tabletop convention as compared to the other PAX events where tabletop is there, but it's primarily a video game event. Agreed. So, they... It, all the, the stars are aligning kind of thing, so everybody keep your fingers crossed, and hopefully we'll get something cool out of this. Um, there's not really much else to say about it, unless you have anything else, because all it is is this one tweet at this stage. <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, I, I've been in conversations with people, and I will, in trying to secure as best to guess as possible when it when it drops, like, officially out there, so I'll... We'll know as soon as you know, and hopefully be able to get that out there. It's extremely important for um, our site, for our podcast, and all this because we, um, as other people have said, like we clearly skew to the competitive side of the game, and this seems to be exactly where we want the game to be positioned, and yep. should help everybody involved. So, absolutely, yeah. So, like I said, fingers, toes, whatever crossed. Um, we'll uh, we'll get some news soon, and we'll we'll get something cool. Yep. So, uh, moving on from there, this uh, graphic up here is one that anybody who's watched previous shows has seen before. It's basically just the top four from the last uh, case event that we had held at the end of April. Um, but it's just kind of to frame the discussion. Offline, Scott and I were talking about this that we're we're kind of almost smack in the middle of. I don't want to say the rise of the combiner's lifespan because that sounds like we're getting rid of it soon. But right, right, it, it's it's been you know March and April, and then we're gonna have May and June, 
and then we're going to have our new set. So it it's kind of right in the middle of the, again, <laughs> lifespan, for lack of a better way to put it, of this particular set. It It's time in the limelight before we get new toys. So it seemed like an appropriate time to just kind of see how far we came and then where any predictions that we may want to make going forward or any other observations in general, maybe not necessarily predictions. So we already had on the site, Scott, like what the whole team felt were mistakes coming in. But moving forward, more importantly, as we're the meta has evolved and how it has shaped itself, do you see more of the same until, like, are we in for two more months of Sentinels sort of thing? Um... I don't. I don't think we're in for two more months of anything in, in particular, unless uh, I would just say that I think we're what we're in is people will start to settle into decks they like to play, and then tweaking their lists, like couple cards here and a couple cards there, as opposed to uh, spending every single time they're playing playing something new and, and trying to try some some new toy. Like I'm not saying that things can't be solved because like you know I, I think that um there were still new decks coming out even at the end of the wave one meta but um I, I believe this is the time where people have settled into what they feel they're comfortable playing and will make appropriate tweaks from there uh from a battle card perspective i guess the the other only other overall thing i'll say is that it seems obvious to me that in the beginning, the first month, month and a half, it was way more slanted to where you saw, obviously you saw combiner teams a lot more often, but you also saw a lot more new characters being played. Yeah. Um, and now you're just seeing such a, such a, it, there's a heavy, heavy amount of wave two battle cards that you're seeing in decks. Um, and a lot of cross, like a lot of, I guess you would say, like, you know, universally accepted uh, power cards that are seeing play out of the set more on the battle card side than you are on the, the character side. Um, you know, you're not necessarily competing with slot star costs um, in your character teams. But on the battle card side, like, you're, I think you're clearly seeing more of an effect of Wave 2 now honestly, on the battle card side than you are on the character side, like, outside of the combiner teams, although there are your occasional characters um, of Wave 2 in general that are um, seeing some play and some experimentation, but in general I would say, outside of outside of combiner teams, the biggest effect that we're seeing uh, of Wave 2 is, is the battle cards. Right. I think, going back to one of the first things that you had said, that as people are settling into more comfortable strategies i think this is the the part in the timeline where people may circle back to even older wave one strategies so cars showing up again optimus prime battlefield legend builds which not that they disappeared obviously there have been other events besides our case events that have drawn a number of players and a variety of different decks are popping up both there and at our events but now that I guess the shine of the new toys is starting to wear off. People may be more inclined to lean back. Oh yeah, well, I kind of liked this particular strategy, this particular build. 
and bring it back to the forefront. Since, at least in my opinion, we've seen a lot of orange focus now that I think people have a strong enough feeling, a taste of what those decks can do. I'm curious and excited to see how people are going to adapt to it and build. I mean, we had the aerial bots, heavy blue builds, but are there other defensive builds that maybe didn't get time in the limelight up to this point simply because, okay, well, how do you deal with Sentinels? How does this, can this actually stand up to bugs? Well, what about Dinobots, which is kind of making a small resurgence? Um, how is it going to address those particular threats while still maintaining an ability to actually do whatever its game plan happens to be. I'm kind of expecting to see more of those things come back up. Is that something you'd expect, Scott, or do you feel that I'm completely off base here? No, I agree. Um, Any, any defensive deck is going to need to have to, is going to want to position itself to adapt to something. And, and now that we're too, now that we're at the halfway point, it should know what it needs to adapt to instead of just going in blind um, I don't want to say, I don't want to say that blue and, and control decks are harder to play. They're just less forgiving. Yes. Um, if you, if like, if you look at a deck like aerial bots, for example, um, y- you have to make every attack and every single card in your hand that can deal damage meaningful because you just don't, you have a limited number of them. You're not just like, you can't just attack with a guy and do like seven damage. Like that just doesn't happen. So Given that, like, you just... I'm not saying that it has, like, a harder game plan or anything like that. It's just that you have to know what that game plan is at at various times and and not stray from it and understand the game. Not that other decks don't, but it's just just less forgiving when you just don't have those tools available to you. And I think that... I think in most control strategies just don't have those tools um, available to them. Um, And so... And then depending on what the metagame looks like, you know, even control decks that are focused on big characters like Optimus and Nemesis and things like that, um, they're, they need to adapt as well because, you know, they're, they're more forgiving than something that has super low attack power, like an Aerobots type of situation, but right. they're still in a situation where they don't give you a lot of outs, you know, to to play too yeah the i guess the simplest way to put it or one of the simpler ways to put it would just be the those sort of decks don't have those oops i win hands or you know i'll just off the top do x kind of thing where insecticons can just go well i'm gonna make sure i'm getting in for nine plus kind of thing because of the optimist decks as you were describing can optimist can take over a game himself and aerial bots are even further where, okay, yeah, you, you're literally scraping and fighting for every single inch, every single point of damage. And now that things are more of a known known, I'm expecting more of those things to materialize. I know for myself, I plan on going back to trying to look at Optimus again because it really was I wanted to examine the new toys, and I think I've... I've seen enough of them that I want to try and now incorporate it into some of the older things. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I, I, it's it's just a different way of of approaching it. Um, the the more blue heavy control decks just don't have as like one character doesn't just substitute for another one with different stats. Like you're not just trying to do 
you're not always trying to just do the same thing, especially when you look at like you know a controlling combiner team or something like that. The, the deck just each attack is just different than another one, and and each each action just is different than another one, and yeah. so like it just plays out differently than than some of the other strategies. That's all. One other thing that I'm I'm looking for moving forward, and let me know if you you think these are off base, but the Combiner parts showing up in a variety of other teams, more so than they already have. Like we've seen maybe five-star Brave guys or some of the Sentinel pieces because of their, you know, say Hot Rod, because he has it built in tough showing up in other places. Um, I'm curious to see if in the, the next two months before we finally get the next set, are Stunticons going to become more of a thing? We already saw Drag Strip early on with the Starscream builds, but... Like Motormaster hasn't materialized as an anti-burn answer. Not that that's a great example, but uh, is there anything along those lines or any other sleeper characters slash cards that you think should be getting more attention at this stage? Could be, but there, but but I don't. The problem remains that um, a lot of them don't have synergy with other characters outside of their combiner teams. And so yes. unless they happen to have an alt mode that matches something and you want to play that type of card, but that's not always like going to be the most powerful case. And like, you know, unless they have a, you know, a combat tribe, like a, you're playing a range deck or something like that, or you need them as a specialist or something like that. Like, uh, there's typically going to like, if you're not playing them on the team, there remains sometimes to be better options. Right. Um, not always, but um, especially at times, there still remains to be better options. So that's, that's it's up in the air. Yeah, Razor but, Claw was uh, one of the ones that I was thinking of as I was describing that, just because he, it feels like he should find a home elsewhere. Yeah, the problem with any of the parts is that their stats are typically worse than what you can get at that cost. So like you're using yeah. them for their abilities or their, or just the fact that they were on the team. Um, yeah. That factors into extra. the economy. Right. And when that isn't the case, they're just not as powerful. So of course the only other ones off the top of my head were actually, I mean, I'm thinking more about the list that we had from, I guess week one or, week zero what right around when the set came out was the the new bumblebees and megatron um or new bumblebee not plural and megatron uh again it just feels like there's something there and maybe it's not but it the abilities feel just, so powerful that like it, it should have a home but maybe it's just not there i talked about this in like the second part of my mistakes column like yeah. those abilities have just been supplanted by specifically like um field communicator and yeah um just like pressure on your hand in other ways mm -hmm. and um so i mean we've seen bumblebee show up with optimus we've seen bumblebee show up in new versions of cars um and megatron remains to be a tank so like yeah there's, there's, there's no uh there's not a lot of help there and um i mean they basically are just getting hated on by their natural weaknesses to other strategies that are powerful and you know in in the case of the tanks they're getting hated on by the 
ubiquitous nature of bashing shield in terms yep. of bumblebee he, he just doesn't stand up all that well because of his one defense in bot mode to yeah. other orange decks so you just wind up having a situation where yes he has a powerful ability and yes you can have very powerful turns um but a lot of the metagame right now is simply about the numbers that are on the cards and the number of optimal plays that you can make and to be honest with you like playing two actions a turn or playing two upgrades a turn just doesn't have necessarily as big of an effect because you can just do a lot with just your one action and one upgrade a turn it's more important that you continue to hit the most optimal action and upgrade for the turn than it would be to play multiple versions of one of the other ones because like even at that point, like unless you're also doing the first two things you have full access to, you're not really moving the game forward. Like you're just kind of substituting. Like you're basically just making your action into a new designs, or you're upgrading yeah. into. It's like, not. It's as yeah. you said. It's not advancing where you are. It's just substituting, and that I think mm -hmm. that's the most concise way to describe it. Because, like I said, they feel powerful, but it ends up you kind of elaborate on why it in reality they don't end up quite coming up to snuff. Yeah, I mean, like, you, if they had built-in Grimlock ability or they had built, like, things like that that wouldn't require you to spend a card to do it, it would be a different story. But mm -hmm. because a lot of the time, like, okay, I can play two actions. Well, if you play two actions and an upgrade in a turn, like, what are you going to do? Like, you know, instead of doing seven extra damage, I'm doing ten extra damage. Is that needed? Like, yeah. do you need to do, do you need to do, like, 19 like as opposed to like 15 like is that really yeah gonna make a huge difference like that's the point so on the new shockwave maybe i don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ultra yeah. magnus i guess so, I, yeah no know, i got you that's really the issue so i guess overall because i we do have a lot of new cards to go over so we just wanted to do this briefly and obviously as we continue to evolve we're gonna through the meta we're gonna clearly talk about it on future shows but any other thoughts as we hit halftime <laughs> for the set um going forward anything people should keep an eye out for or any other thoughts that you've had no i like i mean i like i like i alluded to i still think that the battle cards have the bigger effect on the metas like outside of the fact that you could you have to run a whole entire combiner team so all yep. your entire all your characters come from one set so like if you are um if, if you want to get back to where you were in wave one and just make a couple substitutions, just make sure you really like look at the battle cards because that's where most of your changes are going to be. Absolutely. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Uh, so I guess with that, we can kind of close that one up. Like it's not to be a broken record. It was just kind of a brief thing since it felt timely. Sorry about the abrupt ending there, everybody. Scott and I had made the determination that this episode went a little bit longer. The topic's kind of were independent, so it made a little bit more sense to, as we've done in the past, split it into two segments. Therefore, this is the end of recording one, but definitely stay tuned for recording two. We appreciate you listening, watching, and tune in next time for more Random Thoughts.